Gippsland Anglicans on Air, episode six, where we are we talk about matters of modern life and how Christ's example will help us each and every day. We are joined today by Jenny Wicking. Hello, Jenny. Hello, Libby. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Jenny, you are joint priest in charge alongside Tony Wicking at the parish of Yarram. Have I got that right? You have got that very right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, today we're going to be chatting about um, the way that you use the spaces around the church to be a place of community for the people of Yarram and around your district. Um, but tell me, you started there in April 2020, and if most people are um, thinking about what we were doing in 2020, it was not very much. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah, so we um, began in February, uh, sorry, April the 15th, in 2020, right in the middle of COVID, which we thought, you know, might last two months, three months, so two years on. And so the challenge was connecting with the community that was locked down. So we did that in various ways, phone calls, and we created care packages, which we asked the police, could we deliver? And they were more than happy for us. So we delivered care packages like a chocolate and coffee and a little message family. So that's the way we connected throughout those two years. That can make such a difference to someone's day, just a little act of kindness unexpectedly from someone who's noticed them in their community. Yeah. Do you get any feedback on those care packages? We had lots of feedback where people just were really grateful that they received them. And the Umbrella Club, which are the ladies in their 80s and 90s, took it over post-lockdown. And so they were like a little engine machine, a hundred they would make. So they went out to the police and the AMBO drivers as well as the community and, uh, yeah, well received. That's that's a lovely thing. I think, I think we can all relate to a time where maybe a little card has turned up at unexpectedly. I remember once in a workplace coming back to my desk and a post-it note was on my computer screen from an anonymous kind person who just said some, put some words there for me and told me I was doing a good job and I really needed to hear that that day. And um, about a year and a half later, they revealed themselves upon my leaving um, and I was so indebted to them. I'll always remember them and that kindness they showed me that day. Yeah, And, and it did something for our congregations too because it gave them a reason to go and knock on somebody's door. So it actually helped them to connect with the community and gave them a sense of purpose, and particularly the Umbrella Club because most of them are in their late 80s and 90s and putting together the care packages and they were chatting and sharing stories about community. So it was a really life-giving time for a lot of people. That's an interesting club, the Umbrella Club. What does that relate to? Is there a story with that? There is. There was a group of ladies who came from different churches. You know, there was the Ladies' Guild, the Mothers' Union. There's all these different clubs. So they came together and called themselves the Umbrella Club. And they've taught me, if I can tell a little story, I thought because we've got these little sort of tags that we had to put holes in and then put ribbons through, I thought, oh, it's probably pretty hard for them to do. So I started to do it. Well, we had one lady in her late 90s, she was faster than me. <laughs> so she, she left. Okay, I'm taking my hands off and letting And you're you do a quilter, it. Jenny. I and know I'm a quilter. Your... <laughs> she was so quick. But it just 
it's given them a new focus. So they've come together and they have more say over what they're doing. So they've planned their year ahead, whereas before they were told what to do, now they plan it. So it's it's giving them new energy. That's great. So it sounds like new friendships um, among people who are much older and have lived a long life already. Uh, Is that what I'm hearing? I think that's what I understand. Absolutely. And last month they made scones. (laughs) You should have seen them. There's scones going everywhere. (laughs) Because a lot of them are in aged care or even on their own. They don't make scones anymore. Anyway, so that's the lovely group of the Umbrella Club, which we're very grateful for. It sounds marvellous. And if I know any scone maker, there's a lot of pride in your scone recipe. And Absolutely. <laughs> the big argument between butter and butter and milk and cream and lemonade. Oh, yes. <laughs> and there's only one way to find out, which is right, and you've got to eat two scones. That's exactly one of each. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Jenny, you've um, since 2020 you've been doing lots of really um sounds like inventive work and creative work to connect with um, a community that you'd moved to. I don't know if you had connections there beforehand, but um, but even getting to know people as in your role of priest in charge in that mm. identity. Um, so what's happening now? Here we are a few years later and a pandemic kind of behind us. <coughs> what are you doing as a community, as a place for your community? Well, I suppose for me, my passion is community. And one of the things that's always been, I suppose in a sense, you know, a little bit heartbreaking or whatever the word is, is um, that people are often uncomfortable to come into our church space, mm. in our buildings, and that's so my passion was, or our passion has been to open up the ground so that people can use them. So we've started with um, the first thing was during COVID because a lot of people um, were at the Shire Halls were unavailable for various mm. reasons to mm. people. Um, our hall became a place where taekwondo, pilates and yoga was used, so people, and that continues today. But then we decided to start or restart the markets that had happened. And so our idea was to connect the community together again. So, so we charge like $5 outside and $10 inside, and the whole idea was to build community and we've been doing it for about 18 months now and the storeholders themselves have a community and so we always have the church open but the storeholders all come and talk to one another and enjoy that space and they now come. It's not about how much they make, it's about connecting with communities. So um, our market and we have a furniture shop in the same space so the it just become a place where people wander in and wander out. So we thought, how do we build on that? Because we've got an op shop, which is separate from the church grounds. So we had some garden beds. So we started up as an extension from the markets, a share garden. Haven't called it a community market or garden because we wanted it to be something where it had an idea of people sharing. So it's share the experience, share the work, share the produce. And um, we had some garden beds that would have been there for a long time. And so we had somebody who's very interested in, had moved into the, or she'd moved into the area last year and keen on community spaces. So now we have this amazing garden that's just growing amazing vegetables and she plants different vegetables too. So it's become a place where people gather. Mm. 
And so we've got now people go through and check out the tomatoes or the zucchinis or the different types of zucchini-type fruit that, um, that they've planted. So that's become a really important space for a lot of people. And there's a strawberry patch, and the strawberry patch is actually built on hay bales. And in the middle of the hay bales is a table with a chair at. So people can oh. just sit in the middle and enjoy the space. And, yeah, so the community share, the community space now at around our church is becoming well used. So it's really good. That sounds amazing. I'm hearing and picturing, well, I think for most people in Gippsland, we know how well the, the ground produces plants and food. Um, and uh, so I'm just picturing that, um, you know, that leafiness and the um, product productivity of a garden that that grows food that you can reach in and pull out a zucchini and, you know, we all probably know how zucchinis deliver when they're fruiting. Like every that's day right. you go back and there's another gift. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's connected with the op shop. So we've started a little seed co-op at the op shop and so people – and they're not charged for, so their seeds come and seeds go and then other people bring seeds. So there's a little seed co-op. It's sort of not at the moment because yeah. seeds are being made and also the produce goes down into the op shops. So then people say it's come from our share garden, go and see. The little story around the share garden is that the person, her name is Chris, she bedded down the garden bed because of just to sort of get a bit more fertiliser in. So she put urea and a whole lot of other stuff in, put a layer of dirt and thought, right, it'll bed down for a few weeks. And she came back the next day and there's four tomato plants being planted. Oops. Has no idea who planted them. Oops. And she said, well, I'm not going to take them out, but they'll die. Well, they didn't die. We now had a tomato forest. Oh. I am not joking. <laughs> like we live like 100 metres probably or more and we can see it from my window. It's just prolific, isn't it? It's just amazing. So it's a beautiful so story been... of God's abundance and where everything would tell you that would kill a plant. Yeah. That's a beautiful representation of what you're doing in Yarram. I think that's what I feel. We see it's always about the fruit of our works and I think the fruit of this garden is really good. And so what we're actually doing is opening up a opening up a garden or a gate into the aged care, which is right behind us. And so they're going to have the people come in and just puddle around in the garden. So that's going to be for the oldies. And then we all got creative and decided we planted an olive tree. The bishop planted an olive tree in November last year at our dinner. You know, it's at communion of olive trees from Lambeth. Yes. So now the olive tree proudly stands in the middle of a labyrinth. Oh. So, so we have planted. Tell me what a labyrinth is, Jenny, or for anyone. Uh, a labyrinth. It is not a maze. Ah. So a labyrinth. Yeah. No, no, a labyrinth is you slowly, it's a, a meditative place. Um so it's deeply rooted into Christian tradition. And so the whole idea is you walk into the labyrinth and just walk 
and mindful of walking with God, creator, whoever you're comfortable with, and you walk into the centre. And as you walk in, you think about things that you may need to let go of or things you need to give thanks for. And then in ours, it's a very simple one. You just walk in and there's a chair so you can sit beside the olive tree, if you like, Mm. and say, I'll just say you might have had a pretty difficult time. So you think about that difficult time. When you sit on the seat, you think, oh, now I'm just going to let it go. And then you walk out and and think about the new life that you've had from that moment and you walk out of the labyrinth. It can take you five minutes, it can take you 10 minutes, it can take you half an hour. And, yeah, so we deliberately put it at the back of the church so that people could do it privately without everyone driving past wondering what that person's doing, wandering around in a circle. So that 1980s film starring David Bowie, has done bad things for what people understand a labyrinth is. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's not. Yes. It's not full of um, of things trying to get you and trap you. It's 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 absolutely a place to journey into and back out of, and have a, a journey right. in your mind. Yeah, and that's so. So that's um, where where we're at with our creative space. See, the olive tree itself is an interesting story. How we got it. Mm. We could just um, welcome Tony Wicking to the conversation. <laughs> Hello, Tony. As I saw Hello. you enter the room on the video of this conversation, so welcome to the conversation. And Tony is, of course, uh, Jenny's husband and uh, co-priest in charge at, at Parish of Yarram. So, yeah, please go on, Tony. Tell us. <laughs> well, we we had this idea of labyrinth for a while and thought about. I think an olive tree sort of came to mind as sort of being this the fo- the central focus of it. And there's a, just out of town, there's a um, there's an olive farm. So we contacted them and said, "Look, what sort of olive is is best to grow here?" That's all we wanted. And they came back and said, "Well, we've got one here that's been sitting. We've been wondering what to do with it. You can have it." <laughs> so they graciously gave it to us. Uh, and have been coming in quite regularly just to keep an eye on it and very happy with its progress so far. So that it was just lovely, that sort of extra community um, connection that's come from outside the church. Uh, yes. So, yes, no, I think that's worth, I think it's worth mentioning. It is because they said they'd been sitting with this olive tree in a pot that they'd bought from Queensland and thought it never felt right to put it in their ground, and when we called them, Chris, it's another Chris, Mm. said um, we just had a sense this is the right place for this olive tree. My goodness, it's had a journey in itself. It has, yes, and uh, it's got a lovely story around it too. So so that's, that's, um, you know, there's lots of lovely, positive, creative things happening. Speaking of stories, Jenny, I just um, have flipped, flicked open to the March issue of the Gippsland Anglican and see that you have an article in our publication, our diocese publication on this topic. So people could read more if they visit our website and go to the March edition of the Gippsland Anglican. Um, And there's a, a, I'm very grateful for the graphic that's in there too that helps me understand how a labyrinth works. 
Well, that's the labyrinth that we've built. It's very simple. We can have very complicated ones, but it's a very simple one. And Chris is writing an article for the May one, and we'll probably put some photos in of, of the labyrinth now that we've got. Oh, wonderful. That'll be really good. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. See, for, for... I, I think you're right. I mean, you're talking about what's a labyrinth. I mean, it's, Jenny says it's not a maze, although it looks like a maze. It's a circular one and you can't get lost. <laughs> There's only that's, one way in and one way out. You can't get lost on the way. <laughs> that's what I love about it. And I suppose you get to a point where it makes you turn around and you track back through yes. it again. Yeah. Yeah. So t- tonight at our Easter video, uh, Monday Thursday, so we're going to light the labyrinth with tea lights so that tonight after the service people can walk it if they that want to. Sounds like magic. Um, I'm sorry that I have plans to be in another parish tonight (laughs) (laughs) or I would be in my car coming to Yarram. See, for me, for me, getting back to church property and church land, um, I've chosen the song World Outside Window because I think there's a world outside our church walls and I think for me often having people comfortable coming into on our land, opening up our land, the connection with land, that hopefully they'll feel welcome again and maybe just wander into the church and find some of the creative things we've put in there, like you could draw or you could cut out something or do what you like or just sit there, light a candle. So it's trying to sort of take away the walls of the church and allowing the garden, the grounds, to, to seep inside and, and encourage people to walk in and find a richness in there that's also out in the yard or in the gardens. That's a beautiful time to perhaps take a listen to the song and we'll come back to this conversation after we've heard this beautiful piece of music. You're listening to Gippsland Anglicans on air and today we are joined by Jenny Wicking and Tony Wicking who are joint priests in charge at the parish of Yarram. Thank you for such a beautiful choice. Tell me why, tell us, remind me, why did you like that song for today's conversation? Well, it's it's because I think, as I said before, if we look outside our windows of our church or the walls, we will see a world where God is working in creation and that he's alive in so many different ways and to see the fruitfulness of the gardens around us or the fruitfulness of people's lives. And so looking outside a window for me means stepping outside of your comfort zone Mm. and engaging with the world that sometimes we see as passing by. So I think their song challenges us to look beyond our own window and step into a world and look at other windows and and that and yeah so and it's a good easter song too actually as yeah. i listen to it again yeah jesus is alive yes and we're freed and so that's really important for me yeah yeah, yeah. it and from a, a, a immunity or a um you know the community perspective i yes. there, there, there can be people who feel a bit um confined in their world too and maybe a little afraid to connect and to find yep. their, the world outside their home or their place. Yeah. Yeah, I think all, and I think post-COVID, I think that's a lot of people, well, I suppose we're still a little bit in COVID a bit, but people are still afraid to come out 
and and to experience something different at times where the world is now different. And so I think stepping outside of our comfort zone and into a new space, that's what that song says to me. I think the church is closed to many people and I think even church people see it as a as a little safety enclave for themselves rather than seeing God beyond it. And I think this song, I think, is good in, in helping us to become aware that church is not just you and me in the, in the building, it's God out there as well. And open our eyes, sort of go out there and see God working where we perhaps didn't think that God would ever work or is working. One of my own little prayers when I'm out and about is, please, Lord, I need a car park in that street. (laughs) (laughs) Let me say I've never been let down. I um, I pray that. (laughs) And and I think that's our space now around the church. It's not, it's people from, have a lot of different faiths in a sense, a different understanding of who God is, um, but are connected in different ways. So it actually frees people up to come into our space that would not call themselves Christians. And often people will say, um, oh, I can't come into the church because it will fall down. Yeah. I reassure them that our church has been reinforced because I'm in there. <laughs> But, you know, so coming into the grounds, I think sometimes gives a message that you are okay, you are acceptable, and maybe they will discover a God who loves them. I hope so. Again, yeah. yeah. The the idea of just setting a foot nearer to a church, um, I think think a lot of people will relate to the idea of it being something that you... uh, um, something that you you know is is uh, unavailable to you, and I think we I think as every person would have an experience of a place in the world where they feel that they're not a, able to um, enter, mm. um, whatever that might be, and uh, so we I think we can relate to the feeling of that, and mm. I think as a Christian community, um, you know, do what's your thoughts on a responsibility as to reach into the world? What do you think about that? Mm. Is that something? That is for a, me, yeah. Is that something yeah. a, that Christians have a moral obligation to? Do you think? Yeah, I, I think again, we all come from our own faith, from our own experience. So, as a child, we were never, we were in a sense, a bit excluded from the church. Um, but I think it is a place for Christians to actually come out into the world. And for me come out and talk to those people about who Jesus is for them. I don't know if I'm answering your question, but it's so for me it's about how do we as Christians go out into the world with the light that brings hope and in places of despair. And But most of all, um, a, a God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, who accepts us as we are, we don't have to change. We can just be who we are. Hmm. And I think that's often the message the church has often given is you have to change and be like us. When God says, no, I don't want you to change because you're who I created you were. You are. And Psalm 139, you're beautiful. I created you and I love you. And we don't have to be what church has told us to be in the past. It's also about... 
the call that's been placed upon us. You know, I'd hate to think we do things because we have to or it's an obligation. I think here it's about, well, we're all called to go and make disciples of, of the whole world. And so it's something that we do as a natural course of who we are as, as being in Christ. You know, sometimes it's just simple as when we're at the supermarket, using somebody's name at the, you know, when you're going through the um, supermarket, you know, you've got those people who serve you and say thank you, Betty or Bill or George, whoever they are, and to actually recognise them and and value them for who they are and the fact that in some ways they're serving us and as Christians we can actually learn from that. Mm. And, you know, the people who, you know, the Ambo drivers and the police and all those people who just give their lives daily to care for us. And in a way we are called to do the same thing mm. as people of faith, followers of Jesus, to give our life. And um, so I think that's the challenge we have in times where there is people who are afraid or hope seems to have be a little bit less around the world at the moment. We can actually go in and say, you know what, regardless, there is a God that loves you and somehow heals them that love. Jenny and Tony, thank you so much for today. I'm um, assuming that if I or other people were to um, be travelling to Yarram on their weekend or weekday, if they were to swing past your church and see the leafy share garden and look towards the behind area where the olive tree grows in the centre of a labyrinth, and if there was someone in that garden, they'd be most welcome to come and say hello and give a wave. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to put that in my calendar and I'll come and see you soon. It's been a delight. Thank you so much for joining us on Gippsland Anglicans on Air. Um, We thank Life FM for the partnership of this program. And uh, if people would like to find out more about Gippsland Anglicans and who we are and what we do around the Gippsland region, please visit our website at www.gippslandanglicans.org.au. Thank you so much. See you next time.